You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 120. Well, hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. And in this session, we are talking specifically to our project management and PMO consultants. We're going to be talking about why now is the best time to build your consulting business. Now, In addition to serving corporate clients for over 20 years in project management consulting, our guest today has a passion for helping other project managers scale their businesses while making more money and having more freedom in their day. In this episode today, she is going to share the mistakes she has seen early and seasoned consultants making, as well as the simple habits consultants can start building today that will get them more of the clients that need their expertise right now. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by Planisware. Planisware is a global provider of SaaS solutions that break the boundaries of traditional project management by connecting people, strategy, finance, application, and products. With over 20 years of experience, Planisware helps organizations take plans from vision to reality and make an impact. Learn more at planisware.com. That's planisware.com. Okay, let's do this. I am super excited to introduce all of you to Candice Benson. Candice is the CEO of Benson Consulting, Inc., She's a certified change manager, project management professional, and process improvement specialist. Her 20 plus years of experience in project management and people change management has spanned multiple fields, including academia, technology, utilities, finance, life sciences, manufacturing, and nonprofits. Candence is a true change agent, is certified in my dear friend Barbara Trotline's change intelligence. She's also a PMP, and a pro-sci change practitioner. Wow, we have a lot in common, Candice. <laughs> With all of that said, you can see why she's got such a broad range of experience here and is definitely the kind of person you want to lean on to get advice on what it takes to build a consulting business, specifically in our space, PMOs and project management. So Candice, with all that said, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much, Laura. I am excited to be here today and excited to share all about what you mentioned in the introduction in terms of how I have built my own consulting practice and and what I can share with you about the mistakes I've seen and and some of the mistakes I've made and and how we can avoid doing that for others. So, Oh my gosh. So, so good. So good. And you know what? That's really what it's all about. Candice, you and I have known each other for a while now, and we've talked a lot about what it's like to be in a position where you see people that are first trying to do something that you've been doing for a while. And I found myself often saying to PMO leaders and project professionals later in my career, gosh, I really wish I had me when I was you, 
when I was starting out. And so somebody could have said, wait, don't make those mistakes. Let's find a different way to do that. Or trust me, learn from me. I did it the hard way. There's an easier way to do it. Let me point you in that direction and save you the time and energy and headache and frustration of doing that. And now for me personally, I started PMO strategies after being inside organizations for 15 years as a PMO leader. And so back in 2013, I finally kept Got sick of saying, okay, I wish I had me when I was you. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something about that and go teach that community. But now fast forward for me, it's been eight years with my own training and consulting business. And so I'm finding I'm starting to say that to consultants in this space that are just starting their business and thinking, gosh, I wish I had someone to help me on that journey when I was just getting started and it could save me the headaches and time frustration of having to learn things the hard way in building a consulting business. And you and I, before we started, started talking about that very thing, right? We we're talking about, oh, listen, I tried this platform. Don't use that. Use this. This will be so much more helpful. So we're finding ourselves now, Candace, in a place where we're, a lot of us are helping each other learn and share ideas and save time and save the headaches and frustration with consultants. And so I'm so excited excited that you wanted to come and talk about this topic today to help kind of live that whole, let's pay it forward and let's pay back for the future us that was in those crazy times trying to learn the hard way. How can we make it easier for them? So can you talk a little bit about why this is so important for you and you've had a similar kind of experience? Absolutely, Laura. So it's different from your experience. I actually started out pretty early on in consulting. So right. I've I've been a consultant for a really long time and was inside organization in the consulting space. But where I was, was really as a freelance contractor yeah. or a freelance consultant. I was doing a lot of staff augmentation work for a really long time, meaning I really had just created a job for myself where I didn't get benefits and didn't have all of the security of having a, a real full-time job, right? So right. I had, I was calling myself a business owner, but in truth, I was really just a, a sort of a freelance consultant that was waiting for others, recruiters, or someone who maybe I had worked with in the past to sort of tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, we have this opportunity, would you be interested in it? But what I found myself doing in that case was getting really frustrated for a couple of reasons. One, because I didn't have the control over the pipeline of my own opportunity, right? right. I was at the mercy of when people were coming to me with an opportunity, or I would find myself in that feast or famine that we many consultants find themselves in where we have a contract, it might last six months, it might last two years with an organization. Well, then all of a sudden we get that two weeks notice and it's, okay, now I have to go try to find that next opportunity because this project is ending or the company has decided to release me as the consultant. So I, at that time, I hit another frustration was I was seeing, by the way, some of the third parties that I was coming in through were mm -hmm. obviously making a lot of that money for the value that I was adding to the organization and I was adding right. to those clients. So I decided at that point, similar to you, we want to make a change. I want to do something about this. So I decided at that point to build and learn the skill sets to really make my business a business and go right. after my own clients. And so that's that's really my story, sort of how that that came about and, and why I'm so passionate about it is because I see actually so many consultants now, even in the marketplace, that are saying the same thing, right? They kind of rely on others to come to them instead of developing that farming nature where they can then go out and reap the rewards of what they're putting in place in terms of nurturing relationships with potential clients. So that's something that I'm really passionate about. And I think 
Laura, you mentioned timing as we first got started and Mm. the timing is perfect right now, right? We're in this place where so many organizations are in the midst of change in terms of what they want to focus on, digital transformation, just given what we've gone through over the last 18 months. And they need a lot of very skilled project professionals. And at the same time, a lot of people are leaving organizations. And what the result is, is that companies are really in need now of more consultants that they can kind of pluck off the street and really put to work right away without having to do a lot of training. So now is the perfect time to build that business and be the person that they're going to call on. Mm, So true. And a lot of us had heard the term gig economy before the COVID-19 pandemic. A lot of us had heard like that a lot more people were going independent and doing their own thing. And then COVID happened. And all of a sudden, the whole work landscape changed. And you didn't have to go into an office anymore, right? You could pretty much be anywhere at any time and work for the clients that you wanted to. And it was just changing the whole way that work got done. And it opened a lot of executives' eyes to the way work could get done, what was possible, right? Which created even more fuel for this gig economy kind of approach. So I agree with you. Now's a great time. The environment and the way we do work has changed. And to your point, there is an ever increasing need of change leaders, change makers in organizations to deliver on the changes that they're experiencing. How do they pivot and shift to become a totally different organization in a new global economy that has been struck with something huge like a global pandemic? The world is changing even faster than we thought it possible even a couple of years ago. And whenever there's change involved, that is a ripe opportunity for project managers in general to come in and support organizations. And many of them need to bring in external resources to help solve a lot of these problems, either because it's temporary or they're not sure exactly how they want to do it, or that's just the way their business model operates. So I agree, this is a great time. And I think you and I both bring really interesting perspectives and approaches to this, which we'll get into as we get into these questions. So is it okay if we, like, I got a question for you about all this. Can we go ahead and dive in? Please dive in. (laughs) All right, cool. So, (laughs) you know, like, you know, like I always say, I wish I had me when I was you, when I'm talking to people that are just starting the thing that I've learned the hard way or figured out. Right. So I like to talk about what are the mistakes that people make and how can we help ensure that they don't have to make them or go through all of those headaches to get to the great results, right? That's what great teachers care about is let me help guide you on this journey, teach you what you need to know, why it matters, how to do it, what you've got to do. And by the way, the pitfalls, right? And that's what, that's the missing piece. I think a lot of people don't talk about too much that teach in this space. They tell you, oh, it's easy. This is what you do. This is what you do. Don't just, don't do that. We got it figured out. Just follow our process. But then the real world happens, right? And there's a lot of mistakes that people make either because they're getting bad advice or they just don't know where to start. So can you talk to me and our impact drivers listening about what some of those big mistakes are that you've seen project management consultants make when they're trying to start up or grow their businesses? Absolutely, Laura. So one thing you said is very interesting in terms of we talk about or we hear from others how easy it is. I often yeah. I like to say I have a mentor that I follow who says common sense doesn't necessarily equal common practice. 
So even though some of these things are easy and they're simple, we still have to create the habit of putting them in place, right? So a lot of the things that you'll hear me say here in this answer are related to that because one of the first things that I always say is you have to have systems and processes in your business to help Mm -hmm. you hold habits that will create consistency. So the first big thing that I see new consultants doing is really starting, trying to start from scratch, right? So if you leave your company and you're going off to start your business, a lot of people have this fear that, I don't know anyone. I can't use my past contacts because that was contact that I made when I was in my job, or they're not going to be interested in this work that I'm doing. Because in some cases, you may be switching an industry, you might even be switching up the services that you're offering, and that individual might have worked with you in a different capacity. But really, that is a big mistake that we want to work with consultants to, to overcome that sort of fear in their own mind of, I can't reach out to those people. That's sort of my past life, right? Like they put up this wall of this is now in starting my business and I'm brand new in my business. So therefore I think I'm brand new in my skill set and in my connections, which absolutely, of course, is not the case. So we encourage everybody to definitely reach out to past colleagues and anybody that you've worked with in the past, even in different capacities to let them know, hey, I'm starting this business. I'm really excited about it. Here's what services we're going to be offering in the project management space or in the change space. If you have any projects that are popping up or if X, Y, or Z is happening in your organization, I'm the perfect person to reach out to. So just making sure that people are not forgetting that they're not starting from scratch. In fact, in most cases, they probably have a decade or more of experience that they're bringing to the table. So that that's one mistake that we see. I think the other one, Laura, is people driving right past opportunity. And what I mean by that is most of us live in some location where there's a particular industry or there's a number of organizations that are sort of doing the same type of work. So one thing that I see consultants doing is that they'll literally drive down the road to the airport to potentially fly to another city to get work. When they probably drove by a number of companies in their own uh, backyard that they probably could have been talking to. So that's something else is look at whether you're outside a big city, you're in New York, it's financial services, you're in Boston, there's a bunch of higher ed and education services. Or if you're in a smaller community, there's still probably an industry that's thriving near you or close to you. And so reach out to all of those organizations first. Because it's easier, right? It's, it, we, we sometimes try to make things harder on ourselves, I think, than, than easier. Those are the two of the big things. And then, Laura, I think probably the third one, which is probably the, the biggest mistake, because we get in this comfort zone of being behind our computer. And especially now during COVID and, and the experience that we've had, it's very easy to rely on social media or marketing or sending blogs out. Um, and we almost avoid direct contact with the prospects that we're trying to get business from. Right. And that if I could tell any consultant the the place to focus on first, that would be it because we need to put ourselves in a situation where we're not worried about is our logo 100% completed? Do we have our full website that's going to explain everything we do to a prospect? Stop hiding behind your laptop. Get out and make a phone call. Or if there is in-person event locally to you, go to them, meet people, talk to people. Because that's how you're actually going to find out if what you're saying and what you're building towards is the right solution for the ideal client that you're trying to serve. So that's the biggest thing, Laura, is making sure that we put ourselves in a situation to have conversations 
with those companies that can buy from us. Oh, so good. Yeah. And I've got like relationships. I can't emphasize that enough in my own experience, having been in business since 2013. Right. And of course, project management and PMOs is all about relationships, right? It's about facilitating those right conversations with the right people, getting that alignment, bringing people through the process. So this is something we should be naturally good at. And at the same time, it's something that we think falls lower on the list than, like you said, perfecting that website and creating content and marketing and all the social media stuff and all of those things, all that content, all that stuff. Honestly, I mean, I, I'm a content queen, right? Like I got so much stuff out there. It's like coming out of my ears all the time. Right. But I think that there's a place and time for all of that, right? You relationships are everything. And for example, I'll give you a very specific example. When I was inside organizations as a PMO leader, one of the organizations I went to work with was a hot mess (laughs) and they needed a lot of help with their portfolio of clients. And I went in and helped them fix a lot of things, got things going really well, built really strong relationships with the CEOs of several of these organizations that we were serving. Years later, when I had my consulting business, those CEOs, multiple of them, reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, hey, you know that thing you did before? Can you help us do that in our organization? And just building those strong relationships then, and these were like, these were not happy clients inside this organization, (laughs) but I built the relationships. I built trust with them. I solved their problems. And years later, I didn't contact them. They contacted me. And then many of them did that and became clients in my consulting business. And in fact, just today, I was in a meeting with the entire leadership team for one of those CEOs who's now at a different company and brought me in again, right? And it's because of those strong relationships. I've been able to build a completely referral-based business in the consulting space because of relationships. And so I've had multiple really successful and lucrative, but most importantly, high value and high impact engagements with these clients because of those strong relationships. So I am a huge believer in that, Candice, and proof of that, that that works really well. So that's another creative thing for all of our impact drivers listening to be thinking about is that who are the people you have relationships with now that you've served over the years? How do you make sure to continue those relationships and continue those conversations when you start your own business? It's not about stealing or poaching or any of that. But just let the people that you have served and done right by over the years know that this is what you do now and how you serve. And that leads me to another really important lesson, Candice, that is, I think is critical in any industry, but it's specifically a challenge, I think, for us. And that is because we are naturally come from a place of service. It's we want to do everything for everybody all the time. And we feel that we can solve everybody's problems, right? And if we could just create more capacity, we could serve every client in every industry and we could do all the things, right? And I would say that for me, that is the number one problem I see. Like relationships is the one number one focus, but the number one problem that I've seen with small business owners and but then with our PMO and project management consultants especially is that, They don't get clear on why they're doing what they're doing, how they do what they do, and who they do it for. You have to be crystal clear on that and specific because if you're just 
Like we do all the things for all the people and that's the brand you put out there and that's the message you put out there. Then it's like what my advisors have taught me and my coaches over the years. If you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. And if you're for everybody, you're for nobody. And that's one of the very specific things that I would suggest adding to all the things you've said, Candice, is get very clear and specific about what you do and do not try to do all the things, right? Like you you don't need to go in and be all the project management and all of the change management and all of the PMO and all of this and all of that and all of this and training and consulting and all the things. It's taken me years personally to get good at all of those. And I still go through an exercise of weeding out the things that aren't best serving my own sanity, but then also the people that I serve, right? So I think that's a really important one is making sure that we start with one thing and do that well Mm -hmm. and serve a specific client type or a specific industry or a specific set and get good at that and then grow from there. Because then when people are looking for you, they're like, oh, you just don't, you're not just a generic project management consultant. You solve my kind of problem and you're a specialist in my kind of problem. Then they know you're speaking their language and they know that you're exactly the fit for them. So I think that was a really important lesson that um, I learned early on as well. Yeah, absolutely, Lauren. Just one follow-up to what you just said as well is when you are coming up with the how you serve those potential clients, making sure though that you are having the types of conversations with those organizations to really understand what their challenge is before you go in with a solution. I find sometimes with, especially in our space with consulting, there's frameworks, there's tools, there's methods, right? We all know this, but not every one of them works holistically for every organization. And so don't go in thinking, you know, the solution before you've actually even spoken to them about the problem, (laughs) because I find that a lot as well. And uh, that is incredibly frustrating, of course, as well to decision makers inside of companies. They want to know that you really are hearing them first and what their challenge is before you're trying to solution it. Oh, absolutely. And that's module two, like in my programs, (laughs) right? Like a a whole assessment stage and not big, huge, heavy, complicated, but just build relationships and listen, right? You have to assess the organization for impact opportunities, as I call it. You've got to help figure out where the real problems are. And that's, you're so right on here, Candice. You've got to be able to speak their language, right? So, and this is the same stuff I teach my PMO, internal PMO students as well as PMO consultants consultants is that you've got to be hearing what they say the problems are. And then when you talk to them about how you're going to solve it, one, you do not go into all the sausage making. I know you're proud of your framework. I know you're proud of your process, but what they care about is the outcomes you're going to help them achieve Mm -hmm. and the impact that will have on the organization. Those are the things that you talk about, but you have to tie it to, I heard you tell me that this was a big pain for you, right? So I think these are- Such good tips. I'm so glad you're sharing that because, oh my gosh, it's almost like Candace, we need programs around this stuff, huh? <laughs> <laughs> almost. Sounds like it. Someone should come so, up with that, Laura. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll get into that in a minute because both Candace and I do serve the consulting community specifically in different ways, which is really cool. So stay tuned for that. But I want to go into a little bit more of just kind of what this all looks like and how we want these consultants thinking about it first. So can you share some of the like tools or processes or things that you have helped project management consultants implement to start and grow their businesses? Absolutely. So Laura, I think the first thing is looking at what is your process or system for follow-up 
And when I say, by the way, process and system, hopefully that doesn't scare away too many people in our space, project management consultants and change folks, we should be pretty much in line with how important process is. But when I say process, it's really just what are you doing to put habits in place in your business that will create that consistency? So the first is definitely that follow-up process. So create a cadence by which you know you are going to follow up with potential clients that you're talking to or that you're trying to get a conversation with, and then stick to that. Put it in your calendar. I know if I don't put something in my calendar, if it's not scheduled, I'm not going to do it. It's going to sit on a to-do list somewhere and get buried under the litany of other things that are coming into my inbox or other priorities that come for the day. But I know in my business, I have a certain amount of time set on each day in my calendar that is specifically for reaching out and doing follow-up, either to create a conversation or if I'm in an active conversation with a client. The old saying is, Laura, fortune is in the follow-up. So it doesn't matter if I have 200 leads or if I have five leads, if I'm not following up, I'm not going to get the results that I'm looking for to fill that pipeline. And remember, most of us in our space are going after projects that are pretty large inside of organizations. We're not selling a $97 ebook over here, right? So (laughs) it's going to take a lot of conversation to make sure that you can create those relationships inside the organization and make sure that they truly understand what you're going to bring to the table. So that's the first thing is part of that process. You want to create that cadence. You want to schedule that in. And then we also make sure that the consultants we're working with create some tracking system. Hopefully that is automated, some CRM. There are so many of them out there that are very cost effective, but don't rely on your inbox. Don't rely on your brain (laughs) to remember, your memory to remember, because you're not going to be able to do that. So make sure that you have a, a tool in place that's going to help you remember who to follow up with and when so that you stick to that. And then one of the other things that, Laura, we help them with is coming up with what are some ways that they can continue, like you were saying, the importance of relationships. What, how do we nurture those relationships throughout the year, even when there's not a potential for a project, even right. if we're not trying to sell them something? Because if every time you go to speak to someone, you're trying to sell them something, you're not going to create a great relationship that way, right? They're right. going to, they're, and they're going to avoid you. They're going to stop taking your call if you're trying to do that. So how can you provide a value, a value added article, or maybe when, when this podcast recording comes out, I will probably send this over to some potential clients and say, Hey, listen in on this podcast we just did, right? That's a value added asset that I can send to someone that right. will provide them with information. And it isn't me asking for anything. It's just giving of that, right? So that's one thing to really get in place. And then the other thing, Laura, that I would say in terms of processes or systems is figure out how you want to get in front of that ideal client that you've identified. Mm -hmm. So for some people, it might be speaking, maybe on a podcast or maybe at a conference. And if that's the case, we help consultants put together what that process should look like to make sure that they're putting together the strategy early on in the year for where do they want to speak? Where are their ideal clients? attending? What's the type of messaging they want to be putting forth in their talk topic? How to make sure that they're getting the most out of that opportunity once they are chosen to speak? We see a lot of consultants will go through all of the time of putting together a talk topic, submitting the application, they get to speak at the conference, and then they leave the conference and they get busy back delivering for clients or doing even starting in some cases to follow up with new leads. And they don't do anything with the leads that they potentially could have picked up at the conference right. and capitalize on having just shared 
hopefully really valuable insights with those individuals that potentially would buy from you. So you want to make sure that you're capitalizing on that and having a system in place. So to me, those are two really important systems to put in place. One, that follow-up system, which is absolutely number one, the most important. And then number two is determining how you're going to get in front of your potential customer base regularly and having a process in place to do that. Oh, Candice, that's so good. So, so good. And it really matches with my experience in the consulting space. Cause that's one of the things, for example, like what you're talking about with the, we've been talking about with the relationships and the follow-up, a lot of these clients that have come back to me more than once, I just liked them. I liked the relationship we had. So I maintained it never with a goal of selling them on anything. I just would check in with them or send something to them or just get together with lunch back in the old days when we used to get together in person with people for lunch or coffee. (laughs) And those relationships led to tons of referrals. They led to new business with them. And I just, it's put me in a position where I'm able to choose my clients, which I think is the ultimate goal for us as consultants. I'm able to choose my clients. I'm able to say no if I don't think I'm going to be able to work with them to get the kind of value that they need. I look very carefully at who the CEO is, who's in charge, and do I have a relationship with them? And do I trust that they're going to support this process? And I'm able to make decisions about the clients that I work with based on that. And that is so cool. That is the envious place I wanted to be one day. And I realized that it was really pretty easy. It was about actually caring about the people and building those relationships. And then the business just came. I've never had to look for consulting business at all the whole time I've been running this business. And it's because of those relationships. So I definitely think that that's probably, gosh, if we haven't said it enough, that's really where you want to focus (laughs) your energy. (laughs) And then on the speaking side, that was a good one too. I learned, and here's the thing for all of you listening, find the people that are doing the things you want to do and learn from them. Like if you're listening to Candace talk about this, learn from Candace's business. If you like my style, learn from my business, watch what we're doing. Because a lot of it is for me, I learned a lot of what I put in place from others in totally different industries that were doing the things that seemed to be working, whether it was in the online trainer coaching space or in the professional speaking space. And that would probably lead to like my next piece of advice, which is to actually invest in yourself right? How do you invest in yourself? Because a lot of times, and you know, a lot of these folks that have been in organizations, they're like, well, my company pays for it or it doesn't happen. And that's a mindset that needs to change even for people inside organizations, Candice, that businesses don't like pay. They want you to come trained with the things you need to do. A lot of them don't pay for training anymore. And you're on your own to figure that out when you start your own business. And a lot of times people say, well, I can't afford that. But I can tell you that I have invested significantly in my own self-development since starting my own business, and it has paid off tremendously. I can account, like I can tie coaching programs and learning programs and things that I have done to well more than a million dollars of revenue in my business. Well more. I can tie specifically the things I was taught and learned in my business over the years. And I can say that person is the reason I made that money. That person's the reason I made that money. And it's because I learned from the experts. I learned from the real thought leaders in the space, the people that were doing this work and that were doing the things I wanted to do. So for all of you listening, I just want to impress upon you how important it is to invest in yourself. And if you are not willing 
to invest in your personal and professional development to achieve your goals, why in the world would anybody hire you to solve their problems? So I think that that is an incredibly important thing to think about in this process. If you want to do this right, you've got to invest in yourself. We're not talking $100 here and there. Like I have invested tens of thousands of dollars over the years in my own retreats and coaching programs and masterminds and training programs, and it has paid off. The ROI baby has been beautiful. And I feel so good about what I do and how I serve people now because I've had that training and coaching and support. So for my, I guess the biggest piece of advice I would give everyone is to not go it alone. Listen to what we're telling you. Let us help you go through that process because it will be a game changer for you personally and professionally. So anyway, with that said, Candace, I got a couple more questions for you. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> That's all right. Bring it on. <laughs> so let's say that we haven't convinced our audience that if this is what they want to do, there's a good way to do it. And they're like, okay, great. I hear you, Laura and Candace. I got you. I got to invest in myself. I got to build relationships. I got to be thoughtful about what I'm doing and how I'm serving people. And I got to take this business building part seriously and become more than just a staff augmentation resource, but really, truly build a business, right? That's what you're talking about here, Candace. So what do you think is the most important first step that someone should take to get started in this process and to like start that pipeline of building consulting clients? What should they do first? So Laura, you touched on probably what the first most important one is already, which was to identify who is that ideal client? Who do you Uh, want to be serving and why? So I think that's the first really important one. So I came up with the next couple of steps, if you'd allow me. Of uh, course, please. I think so. Once you know who that ideal client is, the first most important tactical step that we have consultants work through, and that I do even now in my business when I'm feeling this oh, who do I want to be talking to? Sit down, take a piece of paper, make three columns, and just start brain dump all of the people that you can think of and put them into three buckets. Would this be somebody who would be a hot lead for me, meaning I've done work with them before, I know them personally? If I picked up the phone to call them, they would know that it was me calling and we have some level of a relationship that's a hot lead. And then obviously you would have medium leads and cold leads and make that list of those three groups and maybe somewhere in there, let yourself dream big and put it, put some of those dream companies that you would love to work with, put them in the list. And then what you do is you start from left to right, work on that hot list first and start in that follow-up process that we talked about before that now you've already determined to implement because you've been hearing how important it is from us today. So that would be the first thing is create that list. Give yourself, remind yourself that you know a lot of people and that you've worked with a lot of people and you have a lot of contacts. And don't forget that it could be friends of friends or colleagues of friends or colleagues of family. So list all of those individuals out that might not be the actual clients, but that might be then a strategic influencer or strategic partner or someone who could make a recommendation to someone else for you. So that would be the first thing. And then the second is, and we touched on this a little bit as well, Laura, but stop and think about, give yourself a little bit of time to look back on all of the projects that you've worked on before you started your business and write down what was the results of that work that came from what, what you did within the company. Just because you did that project and got those results inside of a company that you were working for 
doesn't mean that you can't use those results as a form of case study for the work that you will do with future clients. So you can speak to, I was able to work with the team to accomplish X, Y, and Z. And the results of that were we had a savings of a million dollars when we implemented this new technology, whatever that looks like. Put that all in writing for yourself and remind yourself that does two things. One, clients really want to hear results, as we talked about, and they want to see how you're helping to solve their pain points. And those are really great ways to show them. Say, this is what I've done in the past. It's written here in paper. But the second thing is it also helps in that mindset space of, I'm not brand new at this. I actually do know what I'm doing. I have had accomplishments. I am really good at what I do. And I can serve others with that skill set because I am confident in it. So it does both of those things. And I think that's also that second point is equally as important. Because I think especially as a new business owner, you have to have some of that confidence to be able to step out and and talk to people, right? And, And ask them to bring you on and to give you business. Oh, that's so good. So good. And you know what? It's really true that you kind of forget, like some people that are listening to this might be, this is all great, but how do I like sell to clients and market myself when I've not done anything yet? But you have, and that's why you're even thinking about going out and doing this kind of thing on your, as a business is because you have all of these years of experience doing it. If you don't, then you're not ready to be a consultant, right? <laughs> because the worst thing that you can do is go out and get business and promise all kinds of results that you've never successfully delivered, right? So the reason you're being hired as a consultant to deliver on something is because you have a proven track record of doing that, right? So, but let's assume that you have all of that. Don't forget that that is still valid experience, regardless of who the employer was, right? And in a way, we teach many of our internal employees to act as consultants in their own organizations anyway, right? That's a lot of what we teach to project managers and PMO leaders is to be a consultant to the organization, be that strategic advisor, be that trusted advisor to the organization, even as an internal employee. So you still have all of that that you can rely on and use. And I love how you said it, Candace. It's about talking about the results you delivered for people, not the outputs you created, not the steps in the process, not the sausage making. They don't really care about that. They actually, the eyes start glazing over and you lose your audience when you start talking about the sausage making, because what that tells them is you're an implementer, not a leader, right? And they're looking for a strategic advisor, a consultant, a guide, a Sherpa to take them on this journey. And that they trust that you've got a process and a proven framework for doing that. And you should have one, but you don't sell them on your framework. You're selling them on you and your expertise, right? I mean, that's a huge part of this. So I'm so glad you made those points, Candice. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's such a good point, Laura, is that when you're going into it, you definitely don't want to say I more than you are asking them a question. So uh, right. oftentimes, if you're, if you're typing in an email, and you start to say I or we, we do this, we've done this, we do, you know, you're talking too much about your business and why you love your business. And like you mm-hmm. said, 
clients don't care about why you love your business. They just care about how you're going to solve their problem and take their pain away. Absolutely. That's so true. It's not about you. It's never about you. Like in the PMO space, we're always in Mark Price Perry is famous for yelling at PMO leaders and saying, it's not your PMO. Right. And I love it. I've seen him do that in person. He's done that in some of our workshops. And I love that. So we all quote him on that because it's like, it's not your, it's not about your business. It's about solving their problems. And everything you do is about aligning their pain points and their opportunities and their needs with the service that you provide. That's what sales should be about is here's what we're going to do to solve your problems that you've identified, not what a great company you are. Like these just sales, I think is generally thought of as like backwards from the way it really works. And it just goes back Mm -hmm. to that fundamental that you keep talking about here, Candice, which is relationships. So good. So good. Okay. So before we started this podcast, you and I were just chatting. We had had a great time at the PMO impact summit and we were chatting about what you're doing this fall and what I'm doing this fall. And it turns out that we're both doing some pretty cool things specifically for the consulting community this fall. So the timing on this is beautiful. So I'd love it if you could talk about what you're doing, what's coming up this fall and how people could learn more about it if they're interested in getting your support in taking them on this consulting journey. Absolutely, Lauren. Thank you for the opportunity to share that. So again, we're really excited. We have a new program that's coming out. It's specifically an exclusive mentoring coaching opportunity for other project management or change consultants. It's called PM Ascend. And that's going to start kickoff in November. And it's going to be a six-month program where we're focused on in way more depth of all of the things we talked about today and more. But really, the basis is how do you build that business for consulting in the project management or change management space? How do you find your ideal clients? How do you speak to them? How do you hold that sales conversation? How do you have some marketing without getting overwhelmed with too much marketing? And and again, going back to making sure you're having those conversations. So I, I won't go into all of the details here, Laura, but absolutely would love for anybody who's interested to check out more information. It is on our website, which is bensonconsultinginc.com. So B-E-N-S-O-N consultinginc.com. And they can find all of the information there. That's so cool. And so we have a different program that doesn't cover the same things, but is also specifically for helping the consulting community. And it's our impact engine consulting program. And it's really more for after you've gotten the gig. What do you do to make sure that that is successful in building a PMO and building a portfolio management practice and building program management, implementing project management capability and helping to elevate the organization's capability? So it's interesting where Candace, you and I have to align this better for next year <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> because there's a great handoff here, but that program we're running in early 2022 which is a program specifically for now what? You've got the gig. How do you ensure that you implement that as successfully as possible and use that success to continue to build your relationships and your business in that particular organization? So of course, you can always find out all of our stuff at pmostrategies.com if you're interested in that. And frankly, I think, Candice, it looks like we need to figure out how to kind of guide all of these students through both of these steps in the process. So this is a match made in heaven. And I'm glad we're able to share both of these solutions for our consulting community over the coming months and years. Candace, I think you will join me in saying, gosh, I really wish I had us when I was you getting started in this process, right? 
Absolutely. And I concur. I think it, both programs would be great for anyone who is either just starting out or is a seasoned consultant who just wants to grow and scale their business. Right. Absolutely. So you're, and you're focused specifically on growing and scaling the business and the ins and outs of the business. And this yep. program that I'm teaching is about once you have one of those clients, how do you ensure that you implement the services and capabilities and the thing you're there that you promised to deliver? How do you figure out what to deliver and how to deliver it exactly. most effectively? So, and Candace, you were in that program the first time I ran it last year, right? I was absolutely. And there's so much valuable content. And I know I'm looking forward to hearing what's coming out of the new version with some tweaks, but it it was wonderful, very impactful, and and definitely information that I was able to use right away with some of my clients. So that's always what you want to get out of any program you're participating in. Good. Yes. Actionable takeaways you can go do right away. (laughs) So for those of you that are trying to figure out how to get started, Candice has some really great recommendations she's made for you here today. Check out her program at bensonconsultinginc.com. And on the page for the website for this podcast, we will have a link to her information as well. And then of course, if you're ready, if you're like, great, I've got the clients or what do I do once I get them? How do I make sure that that goes well? Of course, we can support you at pmostrategies.com in our impact engine consulting program. So very cool. Thank you so much for being here today, Candice. I really appreciate you taking the time. This is something a little different that we hadn't been doing before, but I think we need to do more of it. So you and I are going to have to talk about how we do that to serve this consulting community, because this is the gig economy. There's so many great opportunities for our project management and PMO consultants out there to build their businesses. And I think you're a great person to lead them on that journey. So thank you for that. Well, thank you so much for saying so, Lauren. Thank you for having me. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you today and and to be able to share. So thank you so much. Awesome. All right, Impact Drivers. Now, don't forget this episode is sponsored by Planisware. Planisware's turnkey solution, Orchestra, helps PMOs drive early to mid-maturity companies to achieve world-class excellence. Planisware Enterprise, an advanced PPM suite, accelerates mature enterprises toward data unification to cohesively and strategically develop their project portfolio. Lead the way along with over 500 organizations that trust Planisware. You can learn more at planisware.com. That's planisware.com. Okay, Impact Drivers, make sure that you go visit Candice, come visit us at our website. And if you have been thinking about consulting and building a consulting business, send Candice a message and let her know and she'll help you figure out how to get started. And if you have not hit subscribe or downloaded these episodes, make sure you do so that we are with you every step of your high impact journey, no matter where that journey takes you. Bye-bye for now. 